it's not right thinking, man. It's not right thinking, goddammit. Come we're on. Midway through the whole, are we midway yet? I think so. We are I think midway. We're, I think we're over the hill on, on Cold Warriors. On, we're midway through on Cold War, and we are trying our hardest mm-hmm. not to either become communist or capitalist stooges. Uh-huh. It is hard. <laughs> trying to keep it centrist, man, but it's, uh, it's difficult. It. Calling all sure. your enemies reactionaries mm-hmm. and anti-Bolshevist is just fun. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> when has it not worked? I mean, come on. Yo, at the same time, like, yeah, man, it's just been so many bodies. Yep. Just never, it's, you know, just not fun. But did the Henry, today, how many, where are we going to learn about some dead bodies today, Henry? <laughs> <laughs> we're, look, we're looking, oh, wait, I got a, I got a, I did an intro. You ready? Uh, you did an intro? <clears throat> okay, you got to go. Behind the lush beaches, full of frolicking tourists, laughing in the sun, leaving footprints <laughs> in the sand. <laughs> we turn now mojito, to the mojito. dense, Misty jungles of Indonesia, mojito, mojito. blanketed by a heavy fog, almost hostile in its impenetrability, hoping to deter those who would attempt to dig too deep into its dark past, where history has left an imprint all its own. Yo, are there mojitos in Indonesia, or did I just make that up? Probably. You can find a you can find a bar that would yeah, serve. Yeah, you can you find. Some a, I mean, look, I don't. If they don't have a tropical drink. <laughs> they yeah, they got hella tropical. They probably have their own indigenous tropical drinks. You can get some sick drinks in Bali, but that's what I'm talking about. Bali is uh, people always go to Bali, but don't know that like millions of people have died on the beaches of Bali. Indonesia, man. Okay, is... not millions, hundred tens of thousands. Which tens of thousands. I mean, I think we're splitting hairs on. Over. It's still fucked up when yeah. you add it all up. All the deaths. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, like a million, yeah. million. It's a yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Indonesia, the place that that. Like your rich white friends go, because mm-hmm. you know, like your mm-hmm. middle class white friends, mm-hmm. they go to like Cancun, yeah, or and, whatever, and Mexico, that's, and they go to like Europe because these are the places know about. Broke but you nigga want your shit. Culture. Yep, yep, that's yep. broke. Mm-hmm. You're broke mm-hmm. for doing that, Jessa. Mm-hmm. You're Jessa, broke. We see you out here with those. We Instagram see you, Jessa, and not my actual Jessa. Mm-hmm. I know, but the made up Jessa in my mind. Right. The the you know I mean? metaphorical, the archetypal Jessa that we all know. Jessa and Sun Hat Sundress uh, sun Jessa. You know what I'm talking yep. about. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Boho talk- Jessa. Boho Jessa. Okay. Brittany, whose family is like the heirs to the Tyson Foods uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, fortune. Yeah, she mm-hmm. goes to Bali. Yep. She goes three, to Bali. Three she- eyes in her name. Put them where you want. Brittany Who well, cares? Yeah, has a lot of eyes. Yep, three name. eyes. But Indonesia, it's like the Indonesian ar- archipelago. It's like in Southeast Asia, slightly above Australia. We're going to do like loose geography of it from west to east. It's like a chain of islands. Yeah. You start with Sumatra, and that's the largest island. And then Java, which is, you know, coffee. That's where we get a lot of our coffee. That's probably where the word comes from. Kalimantan is above Java. You've got Sulawesi to the east of Kalimantan and then Papua, which is connected to Papua New Guinea, and that's like above, it's all above Australia, but below 
the Philippines. So it's this long like stretch of islands who are all banded under under one flag. And it all will be gone within a hundred years because of climate change. Because of climate so, change and rising ocean tides. You're Hooray! gonna learn the, list, the history of Atlantis today, basically. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations. This is how it was born, man. Atlantis what they don't tell you about Atlantis is that it's not actually ancient history, but a prophecy. All yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So the guy that we're looking through or we're looking at the history of Indonesia through the lens of this guy, Suharto, who was like the second biggest president in Indonesia. He was born on June 8th of 1921 in Kemusuk, which is in central Java. And, you know, his, his early life, he's got some family troubles. Like his dad leaves and he's got some tensions with his adopted father. We're not really going to talk about it all that much. I want to jump right to June, June 1st of 1940. Okay. He's age 19, like 18 turning on 19. He's accepted into the KNIL military school. And that is like the Dutch military academy. Because Indonesia at this time is, it has been for a while, a Dutch colony. And he's stationed near Malang, which is in East Java. Yeah, the Dutch are like low-key, like nobody ever talks about them. Mm-mm. As like the colonial superpower that they were, yeah. but the 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 Dutch are all that all that all that weed you're smoking in Amsterdam is uh-huh. built on the bodies of indigenous people. I just want to let you know that yep. every time you go to yep. the dam, the dam, which is what I call Amsterdam, because uh-huh. I've been there once, and I want to mm-hmm. make you feel like I'm important and I've done things in my life. National <laughs> national profession is is plugging dams with with school children's fingers with who with a suspenders. bunch of fat joints. That's what it is. That's how you plug hey. a dam in Amsterdam. Hey, oh, yeah, you man. Go. And then you fat, get fat blunts. Yep. And Just then you plug get them, plug them all up. And then you get some fucking some fries and a in a in falafel after. Strong, yep. strong Middle Eastern mm-hmm. population there, big dog. Yep. Strong Mediterranean population. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I put the yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they kind of they kind of also escape the the imperialist leg or they shouldn't escape the imperialist legacy. But it's like Spain is the big one because they conquered yeah. like all of South America. But they also <laughs> like died out the first. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, is like they they were the first to do it. But then everybody on their heels, like the English, the French, the Dutch, you know, fucking Belgium, they all did it better. <laughs> if yeah, you want to if you want to consider imperialism a, a a sport or a good thing, which you shouldn't, but. I mean, anyway. I think they they, <laughs> I think they died out died out first because they have two words for the that are just mm-hmm. like the feminine and male version. Everybody just form, like yeah. everybody's like, yo, why do we gotta say la and l before everything? Let's just fuck simplify this. It. Yeah, come on, <laughs> Get him all pronouns. We are all we're we're all nouns. We're all nouns. But we're gonna keep it because we sound sexy. We mm-hmm. sound like sexy it's people, so we're keeping nice it. language. <laughs> el matador, right? Yeah. There you go. So it's a Dutch colony again, and like nineteen early nineteen forties, the Dutch begin recruiting the indigenous for their army because World War Two is on the horizon. They see what's going on in China. They're like, we don't want that to happen here, although we know it's going to. And it isn't until March of nineteen forty two that the Japanese invade Java, and Suharto, our guy, he's fighting against the Japanese for a while, but then he abandons his post for whatever reason. And he's like unemployed a little for a little bit. He's like a like a grifter, just kind of wandering around. And it is until November first of nineteen forty two, Suharto figures, well, if you can't beat him, join him. That and was, so he joins a a Japanese sponsored police force, the Kempe Tai, where he encourages like a local 
Javanese adaption of Bushido, which is the the warrior culture of of the samurai. It's eight months. Yep. <laughs> he spent eight months fighting. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm good on this. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah let's, let's do it, man. I mean, he's a he's a hell of an opportunist, as yeah. you, as you'll come to find out. So in 1942 to 1945, this is the Japanese occupation of Indonesia during World War II. And I guess what you hear about a lot is all the, the Korean comfort women that mm. and the Chinese comfort women that were imported from Korea and like just exploited in China as well. But like the same thing happened in Indonesia, that there were a bunch of like Indonesian comfort women during this this period, during the period of occupation as well, of like women being sold into sexual slavery and all sorts of all sorts of fucked up shit. And as anyway, we, as we know from, you know, one of our friends, our stand up comedian friends in Houston, Texas, Indonesians, uh-huh. not good looking people. Who do we who do we know? Uh, Doug. Doug is half Indonesian. Oh. Not a great looking guy. Not at all. No, not a great looking guy. And you've heard it here. You can beef yep, with me you all you want. Heard it here though. first. You can come at us, man. Come yeah, on, come at us. He's actually a very look, good looking guy. And it's frustrating. Yeah, very, we don't like him for yeah, it. Let's he's, move on. Uh, long hair. He's like an Indonesian Jesus. I yeah, didn't know that, man. Yeah. Good looking man. I'll okay. Look let's we've said enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we've said enough. So August seventeenth of nineteen forty-five. This is like you know a week or two, roughly roughly a week after the bomb has been dropped on Japan. They surrendered. I think they Japan surrenders on the fifteenth, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, seventeenth of forty five, Indonesia's like, all right, we're fucking independent now. And Sukarno, Sukarno, not to be confused with Suharto, Sukarno is the guy. He is like this major, beloved populist leader. Everybody loves him. He's just yeah. got this connection to the public, and he speaks like fucking. I don't know how many languages, a bunch, like over six languages, and he's got a way with words, also quite a womanizer, but we won't talk about that. And he announces this new constitution that's going to be based on Pancasilla, which is the five principles, and the, the new constitution is rooted in a belief in God, any of them, justice and civilization, Indonesian unity, so like new nationalism, democracy, and social justice, hmm. and that is that is what we stand for here in Indonesia. That's what our new constitution is based upon. As long as we never deviate from these principles, we will just we will emerge as a prominent new nation into an age of enlightenment, and we will always be secure and confident in ourselves or whatever. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I yeah, that's <laughs> it's that's like just came in kind of dope, kind of with the mm-hmm. Sukarno. Why are the names Sue? Do you know that? Do you know why? I, I don't, don't. There's a lot of Sue. There's, there's a lot, lot of Sue's in here. Names. I, Ibnu Sutowo, he comes in later. And he, or not in this, but he, he's around. And uh, I don't know. Because I know, like, the uh, Indonesia, like, is, like, the largest Muslim nation in the world. Mm-hmm. Largest Muslim democracy, if I'm not mistaken. That's the largest Muslim nation. I thought they were, like, larger. Like, they are like, larger than fucking uh, well, Oh Yeah, they're Pakistan. the largest. They're the largest Muslim nation, and I think yeah. also the largest Muslim democracy nah, okay. because of their their political system. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I was just wondering, like Sukarno, is that is that a, like a Muslim? Is that like, yeah, well, we'll figure I it out. I don't know. I, it might be local, but I'm not. I'm not sure. And it's super and interesting so, that the five principles are like any god rather than what kind yeah, of is yeah, more yeah. now. Just, where it's just like, if you believe in one of them, you're yeah, good. Like, yeah, we're, okay. we won't we won't really fuck with you because it's like secular, but not entirely. You know, but yeah. still interesting. 
And so, again, just like the French do with Vietnam post-World War II, the Dutch economy is floundering after World War II, and they come back to Indonesia and are basically like, Hey, guys, remember us? You, you ready to be subjugated again? Huh? Come on, come on back to Papa. You know, let's uh, let's let's go right back to what we were doing before. You know, and, and they're the, like, "Fuck no!" And the, the status quo has changed. The Indonesians are like, "No, fuck you! You put J's in the middle of words that don't need J's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you put random you goofy letters fucks. <laughs> everywhere. We don't need your, your colors like orange. Weirdly, nobody you likes you." <laughs> Hammer skills and shit, and I, yeah, you, the J's, the J's really get me in the shit. And it's like uh, the J is silent, and it's like, well, then why is it here? I don't what understand. Do you, <laughs> I do don't love need it. I do love Netherlands though. December nineteenth of nineteen forty-eight. The this is the next thing that like where Sukarto or Suharto. I'm getting confused myself. Suharto, the general, the the guy we're talking about. Next major development in his life is the Dutch forces on December 19th. They take over an airfield in Yogyakarta, which is in Java, and they occupy the city. And it's like a major city in Java. And Suharto, he's launching a guerrilla war against the Dutch in Yogyakarta from Gamping, which is like an eastern suburb of the city. And Suharto answers to this guy named Nasutian, who's this this conservative army guy. Okay. And he's, he's going to come up later. So... Suharto and like I think there's like six other generals or something that he's coordinating with and they achieve major victory in or not like a huge victory but on March 1st of 1949 they launch an assault on the city and they get like massive support um, from the people it's pretty cool that they're able to occupy it I think for like six hours or something and like Indonesian citizens are like leaving out plates of food for the soldiers and like blocking the roadways where the Dutch soldiers are, are the, like the major roadways that the Dutch are using. They'll like put furniture out there and like light it on fire and shit. Yes. And just like pro 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 Suharto and his, his dudes out there. Yeah. That's like how that's like a classic. That's like, you know, yeah, it's a classic, you know, like we, we don't want you here, but that's also how uh-huh. I feel the most at home when furniture yeah. is lit on fire. Mm-hmm. That's what that's definitely. That's, that's how that's how I sleep. You know what I mean? Yep. Got a light couch on, on a fire. flame flaming bed every yeah, night. Or every that's the day, only way. Okay. The only way I can sleep. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Bed Maybe. of bed of flames. Yep. <laughs> so they fail to ultimately take the city, but the fighting is severe enough to where both the UN and the United States they turn to the Dutch and are like, "Hey, you goofy fucks." Um, maybe you should calm down in Indonesia. Maybe you should come to the negotiating table. Maybe maybe this isn't the way to do things. And ultimately, that's successful. On May 7th of 49, you get the Roem van Ruijen Agreement. And this is now the emergence of independent Indonesia. And Suharto, he occupies the city of Yogyakarta. And they still have a sultan due to some like ancient tradition. Yeah. And the Sultan of Yogyakarta, he orders Suharto to disarm, quote-unquote, all irresponsible elements. And Suharto, he's like, okay, I need to disarm the communists. Hmm. He starts confiscating arms from the PKI, which is the Communist Party of Indonesia. And there are, like, a couple offshoots that are other, like, communist-aligned groups. And he just starts taking weapons from them as well as like a preliminary step so the dutch withdraw and indonesia they start building up their new government so from 1950 to 1954 suharto he's like rising his ranks 
or rising rising through the ranks of the army. He's stationed in Sulawesi and then in central Java, and he's kind of like consolidating power on behalf of the new Indonesian government by putting down all these internal uprisings because, okay. you know, naturally you've got this newly independent nation and there's dudes who just just power grabbers and, and demagogues who are like, I disagree with the formation of the new government. It should be under me. And they take over one city nobody gives a shit about. And it's like, all right, let's fucking swat this fly real quick. Please. No, I mean, it's, I mean, it's Indonesia. It's just a bunch of islands. Yeah. I, I can see people being like, no, we've kind of always been our own island. And yeah. I don't really want to be with your group of islands. Part, part, I don't want, yeah, I don't want to be part of this, you know this I mean? archipelago. Yeah. We have our own archipelago. It's this island, this island. We're going to team up with Papua New uh-huh. Guinea because we don't mm-hmm. even know what's over there. Papua mm-hmm. New Guinea. Most interesting place in the world to me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they, and we, we have cookies. All right. That's why you should support our independence movement. Yeah. That's we, what it's all we, about. What do you, we what, got what cookies, cookies and fruit punch. Right? What cookies, <laughs> fruit punch, and oil? What Opposition oil might have, have cookies, but they're goddamn oatmeal raisin. And then what oil do you have? <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's, yeah, that's another big thing. That's <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, there's that too. Next major thing is you, April of 1955, you've got the Bang Dung Conference, better known as the Asian African mm. Conference, which this is like the first non-aligned movement that happens and you've hmm. got leaders or like third world leaders from all over the globe chow and Lai is there yeah freaking nasser is there uh jawaharlal nehru of india and indira gandhi go there as well and it's just like it doesn't really come to a whole lot but the importance is that they had it at all yeah and sukarno the populist leader the politician he speaks about the spirit of bang dung and he kind of harkens back to like colonialism. It's not just some old vestige of the past. This is a modern lived historical fact that we're still grappling with today. In the speech, he says, we have seen all the wastage it causes, the poverty it causes and the heritage it leaves behind when inevitably and reluctantly it is driven out by the inevitable march of history. Yeah. And there's a freaking um, a kind of an interesting anecdote is that Nasser, he comes back with the spirit of Bang Dung and he starts broadcasting it on the radio and the radio frequencies actually reach the Congo and none other than Patrice Lumumba listen to those broadcasts about about the spirit of Bang Dung. And he's like, yeah, this is bullshit. And so it's it kind of crazy that, 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 that went that far. It's, somebody uh-huh. bought a... a Somebody had a satellite or whatever, or a tower that was just way too strong. They just had a yeah, way man. too strong like, tower. We, we, <laughs> like, we didn't mean for it to go this far. Yeah, Our equipment's like, dude, working too well. You, you know? see how far Egypt, even the south of Egypt, is from the Congo? Yeah. Come on. You gotta it's go pretty, it's, the length of the Nile. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, yeah, the whole transported Nile. all the way across. Yeah. It might have been from like Sudan that they were broadcasting it, I think. But I, I know like Nasser was responsible for it being being broadcast and then patrice hears it and he's like no okay this this makes sense but eisenhower and his boys fucking hate this like this is this is called by the people in eisenhower's state department they call the bang dung conference the quote-unquote dark town strutters ball i don't even get that racism like, I just know it's racist, <laughs> that's that, but I don't that's, get it. Yeah, that's that, that hot 1950s racism, you know, where you're like, I know you're saying something fucked up, but I can't immediately place it right now because the terms have fallen out of fallen out of vogue. You know? In the panacea of, like, 
of racism that's yep. somewhere like in my like grandparents being like <laughs> yeah man we yeah dark town strutters ball it's referencing this one part of town yeah a town that no longer exists no longer yeah, exists yeah. That, that the highway <laughs> went around <laughs> but, the, but the alarms are going off yeah, like oh yeah. shouldn't shouldn't have said that and it kind of goes back to eisenhower and like the the eisenhower's administration and the impossibility of neutrality as far as they're concerned they're like you're either a fucking dirty communist or you're one of our many stooges all right you can't be a nationalist you can't be neutral you can't have no stance you have to you have to accept aid from somebody we know you're broke like what are you what are you doing so in the fall of 1956, the CIA agent Frank Wisner, maybe Wisner, Frank Wisner, he or he worked in Eastern Europe when like the CIA was first being built up, and he works under Alan Dulles. He tells the CIA head of the Far East Division that he quote unquote thinks it's time we held Sukarno's feet to the fire. About what? <laughs> like about about being a goddamn dirty communist. Due to the Bang Dung Conference, you've got like all these all these third world leaders over in over in some city in Indonesia that we've never fucking heard of, and they're saying that they're not going to let us destroy their economies. Like that's not that's not okay. You know we got to we got to do something about this. Around the same time, uh, Vice President Nixon, Richard Nixon, says that a democratic government was probably not the best kind for Indonesia. Because the Communist Party could actually win elections there. That's the end of the quote is not the best kind for Indonesia. That's where the quote ends. Yeah. And but the whole reason he says this is because he recognizes that like communism is really popular in Indonesia. Yeah. At least it seems really popular to America in the late nineteen fifties. And yeah. it's it goes back to like their their biggest fear is not that it's not a communist takeover, it's that a, a communist will be elected president. Yeah. That will change. That will like beat them at their own game almost. And like we start can't. making sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, that there'll be a, a genuine policy that comes forth that actually resonates with the people and does some good. And it's yeah. like well, we we can't have that. Can't have. Can't have. Can't have that. Can't have. Can't good have goodness happen. for anybody. It's all. It's all our goodness. You know. We're yeah. Only good can happen is when people get hit with water hoses for mm-hmm. at least t- ten to fifteen years, mm-hmm. and then or, we'll or, give them yep. something begrudgingly that we will peel back. After time, <laughs> yeah, that's that's it, man. That's all you get. That's all you got to do. Yeah. In December 1956 to March of 1957, there are all these uprisings from all these colonels in like Sumatra and Sulawesi, which are those, those two islands, and they're all pushing for like regional autonomy, and they want Sukarno to reform his cabinet because they love Sukarno, but they hate the guys around him. And so Alan Dulles, DCI at the CIA. He hears about all of them, and he's like, all right, this is our opportunity. And so the CIA starts to fund all of those, fund and arm all of those separatist colonels, right? And they're, 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 it's all suspicious because the Indonesians are looking at these, at these other these separatist movements, and once they defeat them, they're like, hey, where'd you guys get these guns? Why do you have a we laser gun? Yeah, we don't <laughs> fucking have laser guns. Have laser yeah, guns. There's only one place that has la- that has the technology to build laser guns, and that and that's that's America. We have one laser in this whole entire country, and mm-hmm. that's and that's a little Johnny one leg, 
in, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in Bali, and he just plays <laughs> with up against the wall. And he got it from a Dutch guy that fucking molested him, and that it was 15 yeah. years ago. So mm-hmm. what do you what do you have a laser are, gun yeah, for? There's only one. We all know there's only one laser. We've there's all seen one the laser. one laser. He, he fucking does his little performative shows out there, and he's killing it right and now. And he cries he, because he was mm-hmm. molested by your Dutch. Your Dutch Yord. Jord von Stugenstraffel. Stugen, and the Stugenstraffel is just, I'm a less boys in Dutch. In, <laughs> it's, it's amazing nobody caught this, nipped this one in the bud once they translated it. You know, it's no, kind of crazy it was, it we, was legal we let it colonies. go on for so long. It was legal in the colonies. That's how, that's what the 50s were like. <laughs> Molestation was legal yeah. as long as you weren't white. That's the way. Yeah, the, as, the as long as white. they weren't white. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was the colonies. It was okay. okay. It's pretty. Okay. It's, it's pretty fucked. Yeah, this is not March true. 19. Don't tell anybody this. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't quote us on this, yeah. please. So March of 1957, in response to these these the uprising of the colonels, a state of war and siege is declared, and like martial law follows shortly behind it, and Suharto. He's mobilized to put down these uprisings. And he's like, you know, he, he does so pretty well. So mid-1957, you've got these elections. And the PK, PKI, they get some marginal gains. They do all right for themselves. However, U.S. intel about these elections massively overstates the margin by which they went. He says that, like, U.S. intel says that they've got this absolute majority when really they've only won, like, 27%. And after this, Alan Dulles authorizes Frank Wisner $10 million to fund CIA operations Indonesia, in Indonesia. Like, we have to overthrow Sukarno and his corrupt cabal of USSR stooges, all right? We're going to take him the fuck out. I just like to think that they just, like, somebody at, at the CIA, like, like skipped an Indonesian class when they were, like, a sophomore in college, and then they fucking got the got the report and they read uh plurality when mm-hmm. they they fucked up cuz they, mm-hmm. they skipped that day they thought majority <laughs> and they man. thought it was a majority yep. and they're mm-hmm. like oh well, they got a majority mm-hmm. and there's the same and, yeah, there's the same yeah yeah that's why you go to that's why you got to go to class kids but man can, i had a you can end up getting a lot of people killed all right if you if you if you don't yeah it's just yeah. It was one technicality that just brought down a nation like it happened i had a professor confuse the two Maybe we should just do away with the word. It's a useful word, but we do really need to teach. There's no other word plurality to describe is, a plurality versus one. <laughs> yeah, we, you got to learn it. Google it. Google it, man. There's no excuse. Everybody's like, yo, white people will stop being a majority and we'll be majority minority. And it's like, well, there'll still be a plurality. Of whites. <laughs> <laughs> Which will kind of be the same thing. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> well, 1958, the U.S. support of... The Indonesian army is like in full swing, and they're encouraging their top guys, including Nasutian. Not not so much Suharto because he's not really like a major player yet, but they're encouraging Nasutian and the guys around him to form a state within a state. And one of the ways they're going to do so is by civic action. They have all these civic action programs, which are designed to like develop the nation. And they think that if we if we build up the nation, if it's developed enough, mm-hmm. they won't fall to communism because they won't see that as the only way to develop the nation. And this this is going to, to strengthen us and make sure that they don't that this is the next major domino to topple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is when they instead of like trying guns, they're just like, yeah. How about we make everybody like? Yeah. Let's do let's relatively give them well. 
Yeah, ensure <laughs> like, ensure a standard of living, and then yeah. maybe they won't fall into communism. But it's also like if the military is the one to build up the nation and to aid development, then it the, makes them look good, and those are our guys. So yeah. fuck yeah, yeah. So early to mid nineteen fifty eight, Suharto he's putting down the insurrections gradually, and the Indonesian government they're making gains, and the. The, the the lieutenant colonels who are making the uprisings in Sulawesi and Sumatra, they would have been put down sooner if it weren't for CIA air support. There are these guys, like, they're launching bombers out of Singapore and Manado, which is in Sulawesi, like, kind of close to the Philippines. Okay. The most notable one. So, okay, so the CIA, let me get this on so track. CIA... Okay is supporting rebellions uh-huh. of fucking of general of like lieutenant colonels in random islands in Indonesia. Suharto is putting down the rebellions yes. in yeah. in in for the yeah. Indonesian government. Okay. In, yeah. in Sukarno. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but like meanwhile the the US is kind of pursuing this alternative track to where they're they've got their contacts in the army and they're like we need to develop it and not really fund armed rebellions. Like we okay. need to change the system from within. So the, the worst bombing that occurred, the worst CIA bombing of Indonesia occurred on May 18th of 1958. It's the bombing of Ambon by this guy, Alan Lawrence Pope, who's a CIA guy from none other than Miami. Miami. They're all from Miami for some reason. They're all, it's, it's it's one strange. of the largest CIA bases very is, is in Miami. Very you know? strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they shoot down the plane and they take him captive. And the bombing ends up killing around like 700 civilians and the bombing stops after he was captured because they've been found out because they fucking captured him and they, they know what's going on. Yeah. And so the PKI, they're like, we've been right this whole time. You see the the, the neo-imperialism, the neo-colonialism we are dealing with. They're trying to re-enslave us under the yoke of imperialism. We cannot fucking stand for this. Here's your proof. Alan Lawrence Pope, this is bullshit, right? And then and so the in, US, America, and in America... Uh, all Americans are just seeing this situation and going, let's do the twist. Yep. Oh, let's baby. do the twist. Yep. We, don't, we don't even care about it. We don't yep. even have any concession that this mm-hmm. is going on. Mm-hmm. We're just doing the fucking twist. We're doing the twist, <laughs> drinking drinking milkshakes. Drinking and milkshakes. Bullshitting like, well, around. They wouldn't let, they wouldn't just let. waiting for the Beatles to come and rock our worlds. Her, you know? They wouldn't and let my the, grandpa go to the milkshake place. They so, wouldn't? Yeah. That's bullshit, man. That's called it's called Jim Crow segregation. All right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> you got that one hippie on the street who's like, "Man, do you even know what's going on in Indonesia right now?" And then like, you got I the can't go to the milkshake place. <laughs> yeah. I've got bigger concerns here. I got fucking like. You you touched on it before to where like you have Suharto who's like kind of in Nasutian's orbit and they're also supporting Nasutian, but they're. The army is putting down the so the U.S. is supporting the army, and they're also supporting these lieutenant colonels who are urging these separatist movements. So the United States, they kind of realize like we're pitting our enemies against our enemies, you know, or we're funding both sides. We need to unite them into co- into a coalition. That way, we can fight our real enemies, which is the quote unquote communists and and the PKI, right? Yeah. And they want to do so. One of the one of the uh, the funnier tactics that they use is there these CIA discussions. They're like, all right, well, obviously we need to try to kill Sukarno, but if we can't do that, let's at least ruin his reputation. And so they make a a, a pseudo pornographic film of him 
in an attempt to ruin his reputation. They didn't even have anybody from Indonesia. They hired like a Mexican guy and gave him a whole bunch of makeup who looked like Sukarno and like tried to make a porno of him having sex with a lady because Sukarno like was a womanizer. Yeah. But what they didn't know is that like that was public knowledge in Indonesia as well. And this film was actually directed by uh, Larry and Bing Crosby. It's just like, just, just, you know what I mean? One, Larry and Bing Crosby, later years of their career. Look, man, you can start taking any gigs. Look, we're in the worst time business. We understand. Once it, once it dies, done. You start taking any you gigs. Gotta, you got to do what you all, can, man. You got to survive. <laughs> Sukarno was not at all scared by this because he was like, yo, that's not even my stroke. Yo, Everybody I have four wives. <laughs> okay? Everybody knows how I get down. It's uh-huh. legendary across the yep. islands. They talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <There's, laughs> they, they have books of me fucking doing my stroke. They understand. Yep. I have four <laughs> wives. <laughs> I've took it over. I'm, a, I'm the president of a mad arc. arc I live under palm trees. You think I'm not fucking all the time? Uh, I, I, I have two bitches in my hammock right now. Yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah. two women. I'm sorry. Let me correct. Two women. Two perfectly respectable women. In my hammock right now, all right? The people Between in, the palm trees. People in Bali are just saying it just like, come on, bro. Like, I know what Sukarno fucks like. He fucked my sister. Mm-hmm. He, he, I fucking watched him from the closet because I got in there looking for a new clothes, and I was just like, well, I might as well enjoy mean the show. Game. Everybody mean. knows that. Everybody knows Sukarno fucks. You know right? what I mean? So it doesn't, it doesn't really amount you gotta, to much. You got to be able to fuck to fuck in an equator country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You gotta mm-hmm. be able to fucking have hip motion in the heat. Mm-hmm. In the heat, you know, a lot of people get tired, that, man. Like a lot of people get tired. Sex has got to be extra sweaty in near the the closer you get to the equator, the the sweatier the sex is. You know, and that, so you got to find ways to like distance almost, which doesn't mean as much like physical contact, but it's like I'm sticky. You gotta. I don't no, want you physical gotta, contact. You gotta, I'm sticky. You gotta. You gotta fuck. And you gotta fuck like it's your last time, cause you never know when a mosquito's gonna come bite you, and you're gonna mm-hmm. die of malaria. Of it's malaria, fifties, yep. and that it's hasn't been solved 50s, yet. <laughs> we still, it's still a problem, you yeah. know. And so, in response to all of these efforts to take Sukarno's government down, on July fifth of fifty nine, Sukarno begins a period of quote unquote guided democracy, and they kind of view like liberalism and Western party style democracy. These are Western imports and the west is clearly hostile to us so we need to kind of like go back to our roots he forms a coalition cabinet and he wants to run the government based more on like traditional village democracy that we all kind of we i have my council and i consult with both sides and then i do what's best for the nation so behind all this suharto in November of 59, he's now a brigadier general, so he's not quite a major general, but he's like one of the top army guys. He starts studying at the army staff and command school called Sesquad because basically like his prior post, he, he, he was alleged of being, or they said he was too corrupt, and, and he was because he was like smuggling out of the port of Semarang. He was like selling food stuff to other nations and stuff, and that got found out that he was like smuggling and making cash yeah. on the side. And they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't fucking do that. We're gonna revoke your post, kind of give you a slap on the wrist comparatively, because they just basically sent him to a army-sponsored university, you know, okay. almost like academic jail, if you want to think of it like that." And this is where he meets this guy, another Sue, Sue Warto, okay. not Sue Harto, but Sue Warto, and this he, he Sue Warto 
is the graduate of a training program in Fort Leavenworth because Fort Leavenworth is one of the areas where Leavenworth. Yeah. Leavenworth. Fort Leavenworth is one of the areas where like army guys would go and train or, and even just like intellectuals would, or Indonesian intellectuals would go to Leavenworth to like get a Western education. And so were the army guys. And that be, that was like, you know, there were whole, whole like communities in the, the late fifties, early sixties in was, Leavenworth. It was the Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, and this is like a precursor to the School of the Americas, yeah. which which is uh, we'll have an understanding of what that is a little bit later in the in the in the series. Yeah, and Suharto hates Sukarno, so the program that Suharto is immersed in is kind of teaching him that what's going on in Indonesia right now that's not right thinking. Mm-hmm. Next major development that happens is in March of 1962, newly minted Major General Suharto, he's appointed to the Mandala Command, which he's tasked with the liberation of West Papua. So Papua's like way over there, you know, way to the west. Is it? No, no, no. It's it's like, if we're going to be, if we're over there, it's more to the east, right? To the east, yeah. If we're thinking as far as the, the archipelago is concerned, it never eats soggy waffles. It's all the way to the. If you look up Papua New Guinea, yeah, New Guinea. I think yeah, Papua, it's, it's like Papua, that little Don't cluster, that, that like two. It's two nations on one island. Yeah. He's got to liberate West Papua because the Dutch are still there, right? Yeah. So his headquarters is moved to Makassar, Just and it's a, not a very well. One more thing about this Fort Leavenworth. Again, this is a precursor school of Americas. You got to understand, this is where they're teaching people army generals. Our army people, commandos, all types of dudes about how good capitalism is, America is, mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. here is dope, yeah. and oh, how yeah. bad the stuff that is going on in your country. It's yeah. they're, they're doing that for a lot of different nations, and it's going to yeah. come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, all the people over there starving in your country? Oh, that's actually good for the world. That's yeah. actually how it's supposed to be, so don't worry about if you it. Just, okay? If you just give them a business... Now, they uh-huh. don't have food yet, but give them a Mm-mm. business. Uh-huh. Then they'll be able to build money out of nothing. And mm-hmm. then, but don't worry about the oil we're taking from your country. That's not no, important. don't worry about it. It's, it's actually their fault that they're poor, if yeah. you look at it. that's the they way, don't have yeah. Protestant eth- eth- work ethic. Mm-mm. Oh, they're nope, not Protestant? They're not puritanical Protestants. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. They're fucking up. It's their yeah. fault. All right? Don't worry about them. Don't feel bad for them. You get mm-hmm. rich. We get rich. They suffer. <laughs> like, now you want to be rich, don't you? Do so, you want to be rich? I, I want to be shit. Fuck, I want to be rich. Man. Fuck that. <laughs> Hell yeah. So his HQ is moved to Makassar. It's like not a very successful campaign, uh, but eventually it, it, they succeed. October first of sixty-two, West Papua is placed under UN administration, and then May first of sixty-three, it's trans, it's incorporated into Indonesia, the Indonesian ar- archipelago. Oh, I just remembered how you said that. How you say that? It's uh-huh. Papua. It's Papua. Papua. Yeah, Papua. no, I've I've fucking been thinking this God whole time. Like, why the fuck? And what Does is that it? That sound goofy. <laughs> the Papua. I'm not perfect. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, I just did three episodes where I mispronounced Chow and Lai every <laughs> single time I said it. Probably. <laughs> it's Zhao. Ch- Chinese is different. Chow, a, yeah, Zhao, Zhao, yeah. in in Lai. Okay. Lai, Lai. Who knows. 62 to 63, Sukarno is drifting closer and closer to the PKI. Their interest is aligning more, and the West is becoming more and more concerned with this. 
those two years is around the same time as confrontation or confrontasi with Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Malaysia is basically being gerrymandered by Britain to like include other regions that yeah. are not communist when yeah. like Malaysia historically or the people the ruling people the most popular party in in Malaysia as it's known historically is communist and they're trying to make sure that Malaysia the emerging new nation isn't isn't totally communist and Sukarno's like we got to go to war but the army's like actively undercutting his effort because the army doesn't believe that they should be going to war right okay. Suharto he was major general stationed at Kostrad, which is in Jakarta, the capital of Indonesia. Kostrad is the general reserve command. So that's where he is at the time. It isn't until January 1st of 1965 that Suharto is made deputy commander under this guy, Omar Dani. Okay. And Omar Dani is in the Air Force. He's an air marshal and also prominent member of the PKI. Yeah. And now he's responsible for the operational affairs of the war. But he's like undercutting the war effort at every turn. He's like shuffling around the staff and they're dragging dragging their feet as far as like reinforcing the areas that they're supposed to. And they even go as far as to like tell British and Malaysian officials like, yo, the army is not for this war. We yeah. don't really give a shit. Like, don't worry. And he's doing a little bit of smuggling on the side because they're not supposed to be trading. But Suharto's like, eh, I can bend the rules. I yeah. do what I want. So in January 1965, the PKI is speaking up they're saying, hey, we want to start training a, a militia. We want to start arming and training private citizens because this militia is going to act as a fifth column. Okay. We're at war within we're at war with Malaysia right now. We're gonna need all the help we can get. Might as well start arming civilians, aka our supporters. Yeah. And the army is like, oh, hell no, that's not that's not happening. So March of nineteen sixty five the National Security Council, they approved this proposal to consolidate the anti-communist groups by portraying the PKI as anti-nationalist through black letter operations and media operations. There's a guy, Marshall Green, who's like the new ambassador to Indonesia. He says that, quote, from our viewpoint, of course, an unsuccessful coup attempt by the PKI might be the most effective development to start a reversal of political trends in Indonesia. So their strategy now becomes baiting the PKI into a coup. That way they can launch a counter coup. And they're going to do so through these black letter operations that they've already talked about. So when they when they when the PKI is trying to trying to arm up, right? Mm-hmm. Do they have a do they have an understanding of what the army, how the army is operating? Do they already have like a oh hey, they're operating kind of crazy. So what we should do, arm our citizens and our people, because yeah. before this, from my understanding, that PKI was completely non-armed, non-aggressive, yeah, not not, not not armed at all. They're just kind of primarily like a civilian. Yeah political movement and they're doing well but yeah. they don't have weapons like their their supporters don't have weapons the politicians don't they have a strong presence in the air force yeah but not in the army or the navy is that so yeah that is just it's just all right yeah it just seems interesting that like i'm wondering what what exactly pushes them towards like arming the fuck up or did i miss it like them fucking getting fucking all the like like yo we need to arm. Is it just the war with Malaysia or is it internal shit? 
Yeah, maybe I think it I think it was a little bit of both is that they might have been using the war with Malaysia as a pretext as like, look, we've got this war going on, we need all the help we can get. Let's arm our dudes also to protect ourselves from the army because we sense that something is is coming. Okay. One of the black letter operations they they engage in is on April 1st of 65, communist youth group targets the home of like a US filmmaker/CIA slash CIA operate, uh, operative. Let's not let's not forget Argo, right? Okay. There's a letter by Sir from Sir Andrew Gilchrist, which is a British guy. It says, quote, it would be well to emphasize once more to our local army friends that the strictest caution, discipline, and coordination are essential to the success of our enterprise. So hmm. what's going on? So this makes the communists think, like, what's going on? Are they are they about to launch a coup? Like the left becomes super paranoid as a result of uncovering this letter because that's what that's what the letter sounds like. They're gear- it sounds like the army is gearing up for a coup. Okay. And it's backed by the West. Like, this is this is getting weird, right? Yeah. We might as well launch our, our, our own coup first. If they're about to launch one, maybe if we launch ours preemptively, we can undercut their whole endeavor and we'll be all right, right? And so they yeah. do. On October 1st of 1965, the Communist Party, the PKI, they launch a coup. And it's known as like the 30th of September movement. But it's like the coup is not planned well, which is why it happens a day late. Okay. Wow. Six top generals <laughs> in the army are executed at Lubang Buaya, which is Crocodile Hole. Okay. So like they kill these guys and they dump their bodies down a well and uh, crocodiles presumably eat them. I don't imagine what else a crocodile would do. It sounds like something in Louisiana, like outside of Lafayette, <laughs> like a bar yeah. that's really like, where there are bikers. I feel like I've driven past yeah, this. Like you know, hole. you know what I mean? Yeah. Crocodile hole. Crocodile, crocodile, we, we got dilla hole, and we dilla hole. We got, got crawfish and dilla hole. Crocodile and crawfish alligator. They're different. Mm-hmm. They're different. <laughs> goddammit. it! You, you can taste the difference. All right. Taste different. So they give a like, 7 a.m. They give a radio broadcast that's saying that the PKI is taking measures to stop a coup by the councils of generals, which is all like Nasudian and Suharto and all all their boys. That that whole cabal, they're they're coordinating with the West through the CIA, and we need to launch this coup in order to make sure that that doesn't happen. But it falls apart because they can't get the immediate support of Sukarno, even though they thought he would support it, and they're just like it's very sloppily organizes and it organized and it, it just kind of falls a fuck apart so so pki fucking goes all right we'll launch a coup and then sukarno's like yeah yo what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> like yeah. you're playing right into their yeah. hands yeah. they wanted you to do this they, so they could launch a counter coup right yeah and some some people think that like suharto arranged the coup I don't know if I believe this, but this is kind of like the the prominent conspiracies about Indonesia. Is they're like he used the coup to kill those six those six other generals. Those were Suharto's competitors, yeah, and he had them all killed in one fell swoop. And nobody's now he's he's set himself. I'm thinking that yeah, it's a nobody's too, that fucking. Good. It's a little too perfect. Yeah, for, that's for a me. that's a lot. <laughs> that's a, mm-hmm. that's your you're the greatest. There's no chance if my man's pulling off things like that. That's M. Night Shyamalan type endings. I'm joking. Yeah, for real. No, I'm it's, too, it's too much, man. Yeah. So October 5th, things kind of chill out for a little bit after the coup falls apart. Howard, uh, Marshall Green, rather, he cables back to Washington saying that, like, yo, I told our guys in the Army, I told Nasudian that if they need help from the West, they got it. And sure enough, they do get it. Yeah. On October 8th, 
of 65, Suharto coordinates this counterattack known as Operation Annihilation. That that does not sound good for not at all. Just no, every, no, no, just a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, they they start this propaganda campaign. They change the acronym for the 30th of September movement to become Gestapo. Yeah. So Gestapo, they're fucking Hitler. Yeah. And there are these stories of Gurwani, which Gurwani is the Indonesian communist-affiliated women's movement. There's stories of Gurwani mutilating the genitals of the dead generals at Lubang Biaya with small razor blades before throwing them in the well. And they're saying, like, the PKI is digging all these mass graves, and they're stocked up with all these all these Chinese weapons, and they've got all these foreign weapons, and they're about to kill everyone who's not a communist we gotta do something guys jesus christ so yeah just that hot propaganda they just mm-hmm. fucking start oh totally totally yeah i wonder like, I wonder what stand-up comic was like if we change this letter here it's a gestapo mm-hmm. gestapo because, yeah how about that and then they're like we don't get it it's like gestapo like like hitler gestapo Oh, yeah. It's it's like that's why you didn't succeed in America because you're not a good stand up comic Mm -hmm. and you had to go back to Indonesia Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the government. He gave him that acronym and they're like, all right, we're going to use that. Um, Take him away. Take him away. <laughs> take him to the prisons. Yeah. You know? It's like, well, I came up with this. You could just give me some money. And it's like, nah, we no, don't. No, no, no. That's not how it works here. You're we a stand up comic. That. You're probably communist. Get out of you're here. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you anyway. So there's these like, brutal reprisals and massacres against the Communist Party all across Indonesia. And some of them are carried about uh, out by the civilians yeah. because they've been radicalized by the propaganda and convinced that there's an internal enemy and it's the left. And they need to do what they can to kill the left. Okay. One of the worst massacres is in Bali, which is the is like the Hindu island that everybody's that fucking Jessa's vacationing at. Jessa can't get there. We're talking about Brittany. Jessa's the one Brittany. who broke. He's going to Brittany. the Yucatan. Okay, got it. Got it. <laughs> Brittany is over vacationing in Bali, yeah. partying on the beaches. But without knowing that Bali in like December of '65, one of the worst massacres of the 20th century, between 50,000 to 80,000 people died, and yeah. there there are some really like sick stories of like, I think it was like there's like a Hindu burial rite where you need to find the bones of your yeah. your loved ones. I think most and burials like, are like that. <laughs> most burials, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But they're like they're like going through the beach. And just trying to identify, uh, like a child trying to ide- a child and his wife are trying to identify the bones of their slain father, based on nothing but the skull, and That's... just like climbing over piles of bones, and just like bodies are being thrown into the river that are choking the rivers and and preventing the water from flowing, and you just see like a stench through or smell a st- it's bad, bad shit. And that's and right and and there now, uh, Instagram model is taking a is taking a, pictures taking a picture just to show just one ass cheek, mm-hmm. just to show you one ass cheek to let you know it's there. There's another one cup on the where that came from. Yeah, that did let you show a little cup on the booty. Yeah, you, maybe she'll. You know I mean, how she'll does she get to Indonesia? Later. Does yeah. do does, does flat tummy tea really pay that much? Does it? I, it does. It does. Oh, it, it, it does. does. <laughs> it does. It pays a shit ton. Yeah. 
So in December of 1965, the Sukarno's government hasn't really changed yet. There's a cabinet meeting to discuss the nationalization of the oil industry. And just to kind of show you Suharto's newfound influence, he, like a fucking boss, he, at this cabinet meeting, he's not invited to, he arrives by helicopter. So you hear like, and you're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. He walks into the meeting and says the military, quote, would not stand for precipitous moves against oil companies because he's in bed with the West yeah. and he's like, yeah, you're not doing that shit. And also like another big interest that the U S has in Indonesia is there's this company Freeport, which is a U.S. mining company centered in Phoenix, Arizona. They negotiate a contract in 1967, once like Suharto's consolidated power, to mine in West New Guinea. There's this mine called Erzberg, which is supposedly the largest gold mine on the planet. Jesus and Christ. it's going into our pockets. You yeah. Know? It's, uh, it's, yeah, you were wondering, like, hey, why does the West really care about this this nation these this nation mm-hmm. it makes no sense we don't even talk about this nation really anymore nope no it's yeah no it's about the oil it's about the mi- the mine the mineral rights the gold yeah. the oil and the supply chains yeah. and sh- shipping lanes yeah. and all, all that right the way yeah no it's, it's <laughs> there's always a reason yeah like no. it's not we're not just out here doing we're, doing cr- well I mean we are doing your, crazy shit we're not your there. fucking friend <laughs> we're not your fucking friend I just want to let you know that. <laughs> So on April 13th of 1966, there's this author, this journalist, C.L. Sulzberger, writes an article called When Nations Run Amok, and it's published in the New York Times. And that's actually, like, this massacre is where the phrase run amok comes from, because amok refers to, like, ritual suicide in Malaysia. Yeah. However, he uses it. To, he uses it differently to just kind of talk about like the the violent quote unquote melee streak, and just say that people in Southeast Asia are just naturally like they have like a frenzied underside, and that the killings occurred in violent Asia where life is cheap. End quote. And a bunch of a bunch of really like racist shit. Yeah. So melee so, streak. Like what's about to say? Oh, he had the melee streak. Yeah. It's fucking... Oh, wow, I know it came from this. It's not just Super Smash Bros. Yeah, okay. You know? Okay, it's, wow. Yeah. No, even Super Smash Bros. is racist. <laughs> you piece of shit for playing it. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> I'm looking at you with your, with your cargo shorts with on. With your neck beard. Yep. Neck beard mm-hmm. douchebag. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you main Wario, all right? You're a fucking troll, okay? Get off, get off your couch. Why mm-hmm. am I on my mom's couch? You shut up, sir. Okay, <laughs> The total estimations are around between 500,000 and 1 million died with another 1 million imprisoned in concentration camps, all with U.S. support and involvement. So it isn't, in, in conclusion, wrapping up, it isn't until March of 1967 that Suharto is made president over Sukarno, and he calls his regime the New Order. Uh-huh. Which is never a good, never a good never sign. Good, never good. Never good. Orders <laughs> don't usually last. They last a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a yeah, whole, whole thing. And rules as president until 1998. So looking at what they did in the interim, um, the state owns the rice, timber, and oil companies. The biggest one is Pertamina, which is like the state-owned and army-run oil and natural gas company. It's like all those industries 
and most of the top positions at the government, they're reserved for army guys who came up with Suharto. And like, if if you're a, if you're a civil servant and you start looking into Pertamina, Suharto would like fire you okay. or jail you for trying to investigate their economic activities. So you're not free to criticize the government's business endeavors. There's widespread corruption, frequent student demonstrations against Suharto and other army figures for like the misspending of, of public funds and their like embezzling aid dollars. You've got Golkar, which is the political party of the army. And there's this whole like built in to the, the new order. There's this idea of the dual function of the army that we not only need to protect the nation, we also need to govern it. And yeah. that comes into question in like the late 80s by the army itself, who's like, maybe we've gone too far here. Yeah. The government controls the trade unions. It puts them all under the umbrella of the All Indonesian Workers Federation or the FBSI. So the the government owns all of the unions. Wow. They they so looking at it in like the end analysis, the state owns all the major industries. It controls union activity. You can't safely criticize top government leaders. Frequent censorship of the press. They built the new order on a purge of the opposition. Yeah. But they're not communists. Yeah. They're not socialists. Yes. They That's... do all of the things the United States claims to hate about socialism. Yeah. But they're more like a like a corporate corporatist autocracy yeah. that's willing to sell itself to the US. You know we, what I mean? We really don't care about your right rights. We Nigga, really what? don't care. We <laughs> really <laughs> don't care. Do yeah. you have oil? Do you have mm-hmm. oil and do you have minerals? Let's get to the the bottom line <laughs> yeah, here. Minerals, do you, you have, have oils, resources? Minerals, oil, and I don't know, maybe what other resources? What other resources do we want? Minerals? Gold, timber? Timber, rubber. rubber sometimes diamonds diamonds, diamonds all if we can get them those are the, nice yeah like you know? like look do you have the things that make people rich can do, you make do our you companies have rich? the things that make our our companies rich can exactly you, we don't can you make yeah. phoenix a place people would live because they can get a job mm-hmm. there <laughs> other than being job a working for a gold mining company yeah. like, other than being yeah, a health can what what can you what can, <laughs> so it's like we don't actually give a shit no <laughs> we don't we yeah. don't care like we tolerated all of this stuff in Indonesia, and it's because Suharto was willing to sell his country to us, and so, and that's what happened. And we have like definitely covered a lot of communist, authoritarian governments on purpose because we wanted to like understand that, right? Mm-hmm. We wanted to understand different perspectives and like understand what exactly happened there. But now we get to the point where, like, where like there's American people, American-backed mm-hmm. play uh, governments doing the massacres, and it's mm-hmm. like there should first there should be no massacres at all, ever. There, yeah, there doesn't need to be, or there should there should never be. No, yeah, you, but you, I, don't, you don't get to decide. You don't get to do that. I, but we know we know all about the massacres for like the socialist reasons, but we mm-hmm. never really learn about the massacres mm-hmm. like this one. For yep. the capitalist reasons, and for yep. so that companies can come in yeah. and take. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess my 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 point in bringing it up was like all of the things you've been taught to hate about socialism and socialist censorship of the press, can't criticize the government, state owns all the industries. That's not exclusive to socialism. Yeah, 
you know. I wouldn't even say that's socialism. I would say that's the not authoritarianism. Yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. Anybody who's like, oh, socialism is bad. Look at, look at, look at any third world country. It's like, no, socialism is not bad. Dictatorships yeah. are bad. Dictatorships from the right are bad. Dictatorships from the left are bad. These are the tools yeah. of dictators, not socialism. You're getting your definitions confused. D- dictatorships are like whores. They'll fuck anybody. They'll, they'll fuck anybody. Any, they they will any fuck fucking city anybody. or country. Yep. And they'll fucking just start, just start masturbating in front mm-hmm. of you. That's what mm-hmm. dictatorships are all about. They're fucking. Mm-hmm. They just pop up. Mm-hmm. They just pop up right next to you. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe in your, maybe in your town next. Mm-hmm. You never know. Coming soon. Coming near soon. You. Near you, baby. Yeah. No, you never know. It's election in November is wild. You better download right. this episode while you can. You yeah, know, download no. all of them while you can before, before you get taken bef- off the airways. No, by, specifically uh, before I take Henry out back. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you, like a small Asian boy, just for mm-hmm. the, just for the effect. Just writing mm-hmm. in red paint. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna write? No, an- no anti-Bolshevist here, man. No actually, anti-Bolshevist. For, no, actually, for you, for you, I don't know. I'm not gonna kill you, man. <laughs> I'm not gonna kill Thanks. you. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate. I appreciate that. No, I'm, not, I'm not gonna kill. I'm not gonna kill you. No, you no, you could. You couldn't. You never could. I'm a friend of the people. Okay. <laughs> you couldn't without massive reprisals. Yeah, right? without <laughs> massive reprisals in various districts. <laughs> call it call them districts now. That's okay, the most. Cool. <laughs> well, guys, I think that has been our episode on Suharto and Sukarno and you know the developing of you know the Indonesian government and and the des- mm-hmm. the destruction of Indonesian democracy for mm-hmm. Indonesian authoritarianism uh, authoritarianism mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know words you know what I mean and want Western sponsored authoritarianism well thank Henry for a great episode doing the research on that one Henry what are the books that you read for this episode I got I did a biography of Suharto okay. by R E Elson okay. it's not good. Don't buy it. <laughs> I read another one. I don't remember what it was. It's called a Pretext for Mass Murder. I think his name is John Rusa. I'm okay. not sure about the John. His last name was Rusa for sure. Okay. And then there's one that came out this year called The Jakarta Method by Vincent Bevins. Okay. Okay. Good books. Good time. The, the last two are good books. Don't bother Okay, the first, first one is trash. Of, Henry <laughs> that's a piece of shit. It is high garbage. <laughs> Um, Henry, what's your social media? The people you can find me at, at Henry E. Price on Instagram and Henry Price on Facebook. You can find me at Joshua B. Stokes on Instagram and Twitter and Joshua Stokes on Facebook. You can find the podcast at HFH Podcast and mm-hmm. at on Twitter and Hard Fried History at Facebook and Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. We want to thank you for listening. Um, Who we got next week? What's going on next week? Uh, next week we're gonna, we're gonna dive into into a rebellious young man. Okay. A man called uh, by his by his his classmates when he was like a boy, um, young angry man. We're gonna di- we're gonna dive mm. into Patrice Lumumba. Um, okay, I love a young angry man. That is, I I am a young angry man. That sounds really I, sexual. I can identify with a young that angry really, man. Really weird and sexual. Just wanna and go crazy okay. on you. Hey guys, we're gonna see you next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, you wanna you wanna sing us out, Henry? Crazy, crazy on you, crazy on you, losing people, losing listeners, bye, bye.